What's happening guys? Finn here from the Granite Masculine Podcast and super excited to share with you an absolutely amazing conversation that I had with Adam Buer from the Conscious Dads. Um, the work that he does is so, so powerful and such an interesting conversation talking into different aspects of the transition into fatherhood and the lessons that we can learn from being a father um yeah such such a beautiful conversation and we talked a lot into like the four pillars of being a conscious dad and that was like leading with love recognizing our children as teachers and being growth centric within ourselves as well as making fatherhood sacred so this is such an epic conversation for any parents out there or any dads to be and really recommend checking it out and if it is something that you found is really good make sure you just uh, share it with your friends share it in your socials and yeah any questions uh, feel free to connect in have a beautiful day and enjoy welcome to the ground masculine podcast with me your host finn mckenna fox I'm here on a mission to transform the everyday man into a confident leader so they can show up in their truth and in their power for themselves, for their families, in their career and for the collective as a whole. I'm super excited to be able to share conscious conversations with some good friends and awesome guest experts. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to continuing this journey together. So just want to welcome Adam onto my podcast, The Granite Masculine, and really excited to have this conversation. So I've been following Adam's work for quite a while as the Conscious Dads, and yeah, it's really cool just hear more and more about his process and what he does and why he does it. I'm so really looking forward to seeing where we go with our conversation today. So welcome. Thank you so much, my man. I really appreciate you, Finn, for one reaching out to you know just begin having these kind of conversations because like you said you know i've been following you from afar and Mm -hmm. just appreciating the work you're doing uh, on so many levels for other men uh, and helping them becoming more grounded in life and certain in who they are so it's it's a real privilege to get to speak with you today and just connect right and uh you know cross across the oceans we get to do this (laughs) and and have a kind of conversation like this is is quite amazing so i'm I'm glad to be here awesome man thank you yeah Um, yeah so as we get started with it like i'd like to start off before we go into more of an introduction to you i'd love to just ask you like what does being grounded mean to you being grounded to me um it's a great question and i would say it is In any given moment, um, feeling my breath, feeling the nowness of of where I am, and um, appreciating all that is in that moment, right? Because life can get super complicated and we can have tons of things going on in our heads and um, pulling on our attention. But to be grounded to me is to somehow take all of that noise and to bring it into kind of laser-like focus mm. in the moment. And like I just said, appreciating right where I am in the moment is kind of like this, this old Zen idea that it's like, you know, if you're walking, walk. If you're sitting, sit. If yeah. you're working, work. And very few of us really do any of that, right? It's, it's like if we're walking, we're thinking about doing this. And if we're, we're sitting, it's like all these things are pulling at us. Mm. So I just, I really try through the breath, first and foremost, um, to, 
to just listen, right? To listen and, and open my eyes and open my heart to what's happening in the moment. And so not only externally, but also internally, because we yeah. get, we get feedback everywhere we go. And uh, so to be grounded is that, mm, if that makes, if that makes any sense. Total sense. It's beautiful. Like, and yeah, it's one of the things I can love hearing other people's perspective on what that means. And like, it always comes back to so many similarities, but I love their own unique twists that we put on it. So yeah, thank you for sharing. Of course, man. Awesome. And um, so yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Like who is Adam and where did the conscious dads come from? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, Adam is uh, somebody who was born and raised in Ohio in a small mm. town and came out to LA at the ripe old age of 20, gosh, 26. And Adam is now, referring to myself, 50 <laughs> years old. So I've been out here about 24 years, man. Awesome. And uh, I came out, I think, whether I knew it or not, searching for myself. Um, yeah you know, trying to figure out who I was and what I was meant to do on this planet. Mm. And um, it's been a journey and it continues to unfold as I think it probably will for most of us in our lives. And so um, I came out here to LA in about 20, at 26, as I mentioned. And um, the beginning parts of that journey were, were very ego driven. And Mm. um, it was all about me, 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 me on so many levels. And um, somewhere around the age of, I'd say, 32, 33, um, I kind of had, I'm not going to call it an awakening. I was pushed by pain to a point where it said, enough, you got to stop and pause and take a breath, like I was just talking about, and and center and ground yourself. And so um, at the age of about 32, through a physical injury that took place, um, it was the first time that I was forced to, uh, one, be still physically because I couldn't move, but then also um, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and really Mm. go within. And I I found my way to Eastern studies and philosophies and particular things like meditation and yoga were the two main things that I found. And just it just started to open up things for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Those are just ways of looking at life, and we'll, we'll probably bounce back to that kind of stuff. But but jumping ahead, uh, you know, for most of my adult life, I was somebody who thought I was on a solo journey, and um, I was going to not have a family. I had no interest in having children whatsoever. Mm. Um, I came from a relatively large family. I had a mom, dad, and uh, an older brother and two sisters. So I, I knew family and was yeah. raised in that, but it just wasn't something that was on my radar in any way, shape, or form. And even when I began what I'm going to call an intentional spiritual path around the age of, of uh, 32, like I mentioned, I still saw it as like I was going to be like a monk and I was going <laughs> to go out, uh, up on a mountaintop, you know, and just kind of meditate my way to bliss and hold space for other people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of saw. And on some levels, I did that. Um, but life had, I think, other plans for me. And, I, and maybe take it this way. I had other plans for me. I just didn't know it. Yeah. And so um, jumping forward, you know, this continued all the way up to about almost 47 years old. Mm-hmm. And at 47 years old, um, I met my partner and she and I hit it off. And um, 
within four months. Uh, the, but the fun, I guess the, the interesting point, I was going to say funny thing, but the interesting thing is what brought us together was a mutual friend ultimately knew that neither one of us really wanted children. Yeah. And so that was kind of a common bond. We're like, oh, that's interesting. Plus we had other interests and in, in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. professional and all that stuff. But one of those was that we neither one of us wanted children. And about four months into our relationship, unexpectedly and unplanned, we found out she was, she was pregnant and wow. we were going to, we were going to have a child. And, um, I mean, cutting it all, you know, down to, to its bare bones, it flipped me out mm. and it rocked me to my core. Yeah. So much of my identity was, was about this solo journey and, mm. um, and, and nowhere in my, my vision of self, was a family and yeah. so it, it flipped my world upside down and you know there I've, I've told this for many times to other people it's like there are fathers who know they just want to be dads and yeah. that, that journey is there and they're fired up and then there are some who are like myself who have no interest in it and it happens and then there are probably some who who want to be a father but they're also a little scared by it yeah, yeah. but i was petrified and to the point where um I started to have some deep depression mm. and ultimately led to high anxiety and then about two months of insomnia. And yeah. you try to go, you know, even two weeks without sleeping, you're in big, big trouble. Yeah. And so I, um, I experienced insomnia and that led to a full on breakdown, a yeah. literal psychotic breakdown. And it was, it was something I wouldn't wish on anyone. Mm. And I only tell you that because it was it was such an extreme this fear of being a father this 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 death if you will of the small self that yeah. was taking place it had to happen on yeah. some level and again some people have awakenings by you know it's just it's a moment like this but for me my life story has kind of been one where those awakenings and those deaths of little parts of ourselves have come through pain and mm. It was it was a deep one, but from there, interestingly enough, in as I was working through that um, that that losing my mind, I felt like there was this awakening that took place, and yeah. somewhere in my bones, I knew that I was meant to be a dad in this lifetime. Yeah. And as I was coming back through the fog and coming back to saying, "Hold on here, let's let's." move in a new direction. Let's allow life mm. to kind of guide you. Cause it's, it's a philosophy I believe in anyhow, that like yeah, yeah. life is ultimately working on our behalf, whether we, whether we know it or not. Yeah. And sometimes we don't want to see it, but it is. And mm. I just, I try, began to trust that process and um, just dove full in. And in mm. that process with the birth of my son, one, the, the actual birth being there to witness him coming earthside, just yeah. like, cracked my heart wide open like it, uh, i'm sure it does for so many people yeah, and i was like holy crap this is the most it was beyond anything i could have imagined mm. and that love that i felt um was was just something that was guiding me from that point forward and i knew that not only was a part of my journey to to be an incredible father in my by my definition but I thought, you know what, there's something here. And I also want to assist other fathers um, mm. in a way that is kind of ushering in something slightly different and from a way that a lot of 
um, past generations have kind of ushered kids onto the planet and become fathers for them. Yeah. And then I, I wanted to do it in a very gentle, in a very kind, in a very loving way. Mm. And um, not that not that you can't do it other ways, but but I believed in uh, in the love first. Yeah. perspective not like a dominance not like you are a mini me it was like <laughs> <laughs> love is the default love is yeah. the default yeah and so that's that's kind of what conscious dad was born from yeah. that that death of the small self of adam mm-hmm. i was like i want to be around kind of like this having conversations with fathers who are heart-centered and, yeah. and if not at least they have an interest in kind of going in that direction so um that's where, where it all came from. And that was about two, that was about 2018, shortly after my son was born. Cause he was born in 2018, March. Yeah. And, um, it's still evolving. Conscious dads mm-hmm. is still evolving kind of like I am. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a beautiful thing. And, uh, I just, I feel honored to be, you know, in this five conscious parenting, you know, fatherhood space. Yeah. It's amazing. Like I never knew the depth of your story with that is so interesting to hear. Um, there's a few different avenues I want to go in, but I think the first one that's kind of pointing out the most, it's on reflecting back, what do you feel was the biggest thing that was the block for you want to step into fatherhood? Is like, because I know it's like, as you went on that big journey from like your mid thirties until like your like mid forties, you're like doing all of this work on yourself, being the lone ranger, wanting to do all of that. Like what was like on reflection, what do you feel was the big reason why you felt like you needed to be on your own and you didn't want to have kids compared to like where you are now? Great question. I would say one word is fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fear of commitment. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I've had a problem with commitment in general. And I'm not talking about commitment within a relationship. I mean, yeah. I'm saying just being hundred percent in something. And, um, and with the idea to me, having a child, what is full on commitment? I mean, you're, you're, it's like, it's, (laughs) you can't get like, you know, it's not like you can, you can say, okay, I'm going to try this for a few days and go off. I mean, some people probably do, but that's not the way I looked at it. And that scared me to death. I was like, Mm -hmm. this is the rest of my life. Yeah. And there's a part of me that's always kind of been chasing that shiny object, whatever it is, you know, I'm like, Ooh, something else to kind of pull my attention on some level. And so it was, it was, it was fear of commitment, right. To a being for the Mm. rest of my life. And in this case, a whole family. Um, And then in addition to that, I would say, what else would it be? Um, not sure I could do it. There was a fear that I, I was, I was like barely taking care of myself on some level, you know? And I was like, the idea of having to, to take care of a little baby and then also my partner in this case, and, and we have two dogs and it was kind of like the idea of, of like, can, can I do it? Yeah. And it was, that was very scary to me. Yeah, And um, some people probably just, you know, don't have that kind of issue. But for me, it was that I was like, yeah. I'm not sure I can handle this. Yeah, that's massive. Like, and I'd say, like, I can just imagine, like, the kind of growth that has come from that whole transition over the last few years since, like, since your son's been born, like, it's it's been absolutely huge. 
Um, yeah, it's tremendous. Mm. And like with a lot of that, do you feel some of that has been stemmed from your childhood or from more from societal aspects or where do you feel a lot of that fear and a lot of that conditioning has come from? Good question. I would say it's probably a combination of both. Mm. You know, I, I certainly believe there within everything that we experience, there are going to be, you know, there's the collective consciousnesses and, and societal norms yeah. that encroach upon our beliefs. Um, so that certainly is there and, yeah. um, or was there, but also, you know, within my own family, you know, my parents got divorced um, after about 26 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, I, I was older and, you know, at the time was like, it's not a big deal, but yeah. at the same time, I think I saw that and it kind of scared me. Yeah. Um, and I saw challenges in their relationship mm. that I, I believe trickled into their relationship with us. And yeah. sometimes it was obvious. It was in your face. And other times it was very subtle yeah. where you could just feel because you know, we're all very intuitive beings, especially yeah. young kids. I mean, when they come yeah. on this, this planet, their brain waves are like in theta state and they yeah. are not only just taking in what they hear and what, it's just a vibration. Yeah. And so even if, you know, we're not speaking um, tension, it's felt. Yeah. And yeah. so I, that was something that was very present within my, my upbringing. And um, I love my parents to death and, and will till the day they leave this planet. And I'm tremendously grateful that they, they, they brought me onto the planet and yeah. um, you know, but as, as a, um, as a role, as role models, I didn't see a lot of joy. Yeah. I didn't see a lot of, of, of immediate intimacy or in my mm. face connection, love and any of that. While I, I was told that all the time, I don't, I don't, I didn't see it as a role model. Yeah. And so the idea of that, uh, was something that was a little foreign to me, I think. Yeah. I can think that's there's so much of that story that I can relate to with myself. Like it's like with my trans- transition and journey into fatherhood, there was so much fear around that as well. Like and like my wife, like Shona, like she wanted babies since the day when we met, and I was able to hold off for so long. But it wasn't until I made the conscious decision myself. I was like, all right, I feel that I'm ready. Literally within a week, we we became pregnant. And like wow. by me making that like kind of energetic, it was like, right, I'm ready. And then literally we became pregnant it was huge but i know i had so much fear and conditioning around like losing her in a relationship losing myself as a father plus so much stuff that has been carried down from patrick from generational to generation like coming up in ireland like again i had like really good family like growing up lots of stuff but like anyone there's a lot of stuff buried in there as well and like i'd been on a big healing journey for myself from for many years and just so aware of like the stuff that we take on as kids, how impactful that is in our adult life as we're starting to heal up. And you're like, fuck, that's a lot of pressure as a dad to be able to hold that space yeah. for your kids as well. So yeah, yeah. it's always Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you speak to a big point. And that's something I felt is, you know, it's on many levels, it can be very daunting, right? Because you're mm. like, this little being is, is, is soaking up everything. Yeah. And you can feel so less than and be like, am I doing it right all the time? You know, that's, yeah. that's a constant tape you're playing. You're like, yeah. oh my God, how is this affecting? <laughs> how is this affecting them? You know, and I, in my, I find myself from time to time kind of being like, 
can he read my mind? You know, because mm-hmm. you just you wonder how how intuitive they are and what's yeah. going on. To, so I go to that level sometimes. And sometimes we also just have to back off and, and trust as long as we provide them with, with love yeah. and letting them know that they're safe and yeah. we, are, we are there for them. At the end of the day, we're probably going to do, do, them, do them well, you know, yeah. to allow them to feel those two things. Yeah. Because the rest is like, I heard somebody say, you probably know better than I, because they're like, <clears throat> A father once said, you know, you can feel like if, with your first child that you have a big part to play in their personality development. Mm. He said, but have a second child and you'll discover that ultimately that second one so many times is so different and you could have raised them the exact same yeah. way yeah. that you did the first one. But, oh, my God, it's like night and day. Yeah. So I think, sure. you know, it's kind of just supporting them, isn't it, on mm. their journey. Like I said, providing them with love, letting them know they're safe. Yeah. And then just allowing this 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 luminous little being mm. to kind of to find their way into self-expression in yeah. the ways that they're going to do it. Because yeah. I think too often parents are are trying to micromanage every aspect of the development of their child, and to not only their own detriment but also the child's as well. And it's yeah. it's yeah. kind of just letting go of the reins a little bit and just saying. I got to have a, a level of trust here, yeah. you know, and obviously tell them when don't cross the street, when the, when the car's <laughs> coming, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there are certain things you got to be that way. But yeah. so, so much of it is just kind of, kind of dropping. And I tend to be a, a micromanager. And that mm. was a big, big thing that I had to learn is I mm. like to, to control situations. Yeah. And so this has been one of the greatest teachers in my life. And oh. the, one of the most amazing I would say attributes that I'm developing as a father is adaptability and mm. flexibility and becoming more like water. And it's kind of wild because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a water sign. I'm a cancer. So yeah. I have that shell, but my nature is, is fluid. Yeah. I've been one of those people who's like, I like it linear. I like mm. it in the box. Yeah. And so having a kid is like all bets are off, you know, and it's like, you better be, you better be willing to like, whoa, I got to go this way. And now I got to go that way. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm grateful because that's yeah. life in a nutshell, right? Yeah. It's like, life's just going to keep moving. And, and are yeah. we willing to adapt with it? And I, it's like, the more boxes and walls we try to create, the more we're actually shutting off the beauty of life from flowing into our world. Yeah. And beautiful, like, and that's one of the things, like, and it's the number one advice to give to any of my friends and stuff like that as they're stepping into the journey of fatherhood is just like, just learn to release your expectations. Is like take like take the harness off them expectations that you have in every situation around it because you're putting a box in something that can't be held in a box. There's so many other variables that come into place with that. And it's just learning to let go of that control. Um, and like, as soon as you're able to do that, there's such a massive shift and so much more can come from that. You can have such more richer experiences and stuff with it. But again, like, like you, it's like, I like to have that control, but then being, becoming a parent has been the biggest lesson is like learning how to like manage all of that around like so there's aspects that i have control within myself but then that opens up to more fluidity in the family unit and stuff like that as well so it's a constant dance and fine tuning yeah Um, it is right i mean in in that way which i you know prior to having a child i I certainly didn't see it as i mean we we get the opportunity through our children to kind of 
spiritually evolve in ways that may not have happened um, had we just kept the solo journey going. And it's like the greatest spiritual teaching. It's, it's, it's truly magnificent if we allow ourselves to open up to that and, and see, yes, we are our mentors and teachers for our children, but at the same time, they are ours. And it's like, they're here to reveal parts of us that, you know, need to be awakened or to be revealed or to kind of, and sometimes it's gentle and sometimes it's a strong knock on the head. You're going like, come on, man. Um, Mm. This is something that you need to let go of. And, and it's going to serve not only you in relationship to your family, but it's going to serve you in relationship to, to life. Right. And not trying the, the idea of the box is a good one because yeah. it's like it's letting go because that's one of the, I think, issues with our society right now is, is yeah. everybody wants to put everybody in boxes and it's just not healthy for anybody. Yeah, yeah. You know? for sure. Like, and I think, as you said, as you touched on, I guess one of the biggest ones for me that I've always kind of come back to is like the girls have been my biggest teacher mm. in so many aspects. It's like, because when, like the way I look at it, they, they just come in at this pure consciousness completely unfiltered completely unbiased of anything so like they are here just as this beautiful little being that is here just wanting your love wanting your support wanting to be held with that so anything that comes up within me and them that's all my own stuff that they're actually mirroring to me so like there's going to be so many different aspects like if i'm getting frustrated with certain things that's going on within them it's like so much of the time it's like that's actually my own frustrations being mirrored back to to me through them and it's been really interesting seeing the difference between... Let's see, we kind of looks like... Oh, you're back. You're yeah. back now. There you go. Yeah. It's been really interesting seeing the difference between the two girls with it as well. Whereas like Bonnie, the oldest girl, like she is a bigger mirror for Shona. And so like she, there's lots mm. of things that she would do that would trigger Shona off a lot more. But then me and Bonnie's got like this really deep soul relationship within it. Like the two of them have as well, but Shona just gets triggered more by her. But then with Brie, it's, mm. the, it's the complete opposite. Whereas there's lots of things that she does that would, would trigger me that I have that I keep kind of, oh, why is that frustrating me? What's going on through there? Where's the lessons within of this? Uh, whereas like it's really interesting yeah. how the two girls have like the nearly they're coming for each of our own unique growth as such. Um, so yeah, it's always yes. interesting. Right. I mean, because we're all on that that individualized soul journey. And yet we take that journey now and we we place it into the body of the family. And that's that's a fascinating thing to witness and observe. And and, you know, I I give you credit as a father for even just having that level of awareness that's saying, one, they're this this pure soul coming out of the planet mm. and that is essentially reflecting back to me that which is necessary for my own growth because there are a lot of fathers out there who who aren't talking this language right yeah, now for sure and so you know i honor you and bow to you for that too because that's that's big time you know uh, i'm gonna call it maturity and and an evolved take on mm. what is is available to us as fathers if we just open up to it yeah, um, yeah. So that's cool, man. I, lo- I love hearing that you're you're observing it and seeing how one they dance together and then you dance with them, and it's yeah. just like that's cool, man. Awesome, thank you. Um, like one of, of the course. things, one of the things with that as well, like it's it's something that like you know myself and my wife, like we speak into quite a bit with it. It's like this choice that we have made 
to parent in this sort of way like it's like we nearly feel it's like it is a it seems like it's the harder path so often like it's bringing that conscious awareness to parenting where you're questioning everything you're observing everything from that like higher self from like what you learn experiences from that like it feels like there's like there's so much amazing return from that because you can see the evolution of the girls and how they are and how they react with the world but then as parents you can like everything is like coming for like a big kind of question in ourselves with it whereas like you see other friends and stuff like that who are wouldn't parent in the same way that we do they're more like mainstream kind of parenting and stuff it just seems like yep. such an yep. easier route to take with it is this something that you would kind of you notice within yourself or within the work that you do as well without question and i i think one of the observations i have had as we've gone into this as a partnership is um I observe what you just described. It's almost as if sometimes parents will, will carry religion in one hand, their child in another, almost as accessories, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, here I am. And these are just parts of this, this walk through life. And I'm going to put them in, you know, here and, and keep it there, as opposed to saying, no, 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 this is, this is something that is way bigger than that. And it's, it's easy. And don't get me wrong, we do this as well from time to time when you're just, you have to take a moment and, and have the child sit in front of the television for a second and watch, you know, like Super Wings or something like that here in the States. But more often than not, it's like the willingness to say, in this moment, um, I am going to engage with my child, right? Rather than try to go off and do a, a bazillion different things or get on the computer and do all this stuff. When I'm with my child, I am with my child. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a very tall task for most human beings. And so to ask someone to be aware, to be present um, is very challenging for most people to receive because for most of us, self-included for a long time, we have a hard time being present with ourselves, yeah. right? It's, yeah. it's like it, people can't sit still in, in a room without being all over the place with their thoughts. And if, yeah. if you can't be present with yourself first, you're mm. going to be struggling to be present with your child. And if, if for a lot of men, their role, and this is passed down through, through generations, has been, I'm a provider right? That's the role that a man has or a father has. And they haven't been willing, if you will, for whatever reason to step into that. I'm also a nurturer Mm -hmm. and I have to be there with my heart and more than just my physical presence, right? My emotional presence. And it's not just going to fall on, 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 the mother of the child to be that loving presence, to be that nurturer. Um, because that is a societal norm, I believe that is present, and I and I witness it. It's yeah. it's a big shift it, for you know. It's like it's it's a for a father to go to a place where they say it's not. I'm I'm not the provider, and this person in this situation, the mother is the nurturer. It's it's fifty percent, mm-hmm. if not. You know what I mean? It's like we are in this together. Yeah, and. Yeah that's that's not a normative thought yeah. uh, in my experience and yeah. uh, i relish it i it's like it's to have that opportunity is is something 
um, that I consider a, a tremendous privilege. And I try mm. to get fathers to, to recognize that. Um, and I, I think in the beginning, I wanted to believe it was one of those things where, you know, it's about how much time you spend with a child. But in reality, that's not that practical for a lot of people. It's, it's the quality, right, yeah, of the yeah. time that you spend with a child. And so if, if a father is super busy and their world only allows them to have the way they've got it set up an mm -hmm. hour or two or whatever it is, in my mind, you better sure as heck be there for that child. Right. Yeah. More than just, you know, putting a diaper on or, you know, <laughs> later, like, you know, just telling them, okay, yeah, do this, whatever it is. It's like, listen to them, ask them yeah. questions, you yeah. know, literally be, I think it was Dr. Shafali who might've said something like this. She was like, you know, a parent's greatest pain is to see their child in pain. Mm. And a child's greatest pain is to not have their pre their parent present to their pain and not to like just see them in pain, but rather to have them like sit and go, well, I feel you. And it's, I, I want to understand you and I want to listen. I want to hold space for you yeah. to, to feel what you're feeling right now and not try to push it off and say, cause it's very male to kind of be like, you're okay. You know, yeah. you're going to be okay. Like you know, fix it mentality. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. Yeah. We become <laughs> fixers, you know, and yeah. it's like, but to, to, for a parent to really be present to a child's pain mm. is, is like profound. Yeah. It's really, really profound. And, um, it's, it's, it's a real privilege because, you know, I, I believe that serves the child throughout the rest of their life. Right. Yeah. If, if, if they're one, their primary role model is there and loving up on them and is is fully available to them and not just trying to uh, get to the next thing in their day it's a beautiful gift you're giving your child man yeah so true and so like and yeah like that's the biggest thing like it's like having that quality over the quantity of time because i can notice in myself like some like some days if you feel that you're a bit scattered and over the place or like you haven't switched off fully you feel when you're with the girls and stuff like that, the difference. And like, as soon as I catch myself, it's like, uh, okay, let's mm. actually like clear all of this way. Let's do what I need to do. So then I can actually show up and be present with them. And you can just see that as soon as you do that, and as soon as you catch that and change, you can just shift the whole energy in the house completely changes. And you're like, ah, okay. Right. Yeah. It's like, and I guess little times like that is like, these are big reminders. Why is this so important of, I can know it's something that you talk about a lot within the work that you do, but it's like looking after ourselves first as mm. men is like, mm. we need to learn how to put ourselves first and not from a selfish way, but from like, I need to show up as my best self. So then I am able to be there and be present, be able to hold everyone around me as well. Um, and yeah. cause that was a huge one for myself. Whereas like, I was never able to do that for myself because I always, I always wanted to help people. I always wanted to, oh, I'll do this for you. I'll do this for you. And then I'll be last. And then so often I'd just be like completely drained at the end of it and have nothing for me. But then I, that would end up as like, I wouldn't be fully present with the girls or I wouldn't be able to show up as my best self or just my energy would be down. And you're like, you can see how that action is being of a disservice to those where yes. you're trying to do it as a, to help them. Whereas like when I had that flip and I saw the importance of giving to me and then seeing mm. how I had that shift with all of them, like that was just a big aha moment. And like, it's this one of the ones that's so important for myself and for the work that I do with the guys that I work with as well. And it's awesome to see like that is, it's the essence of what you do as well um, with the conscious dads. 
I believe that. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. And that is, it's, it's the old idea of me first, right? Mm-hmm. And as you said, it's, it's flying in the airplane and say the mass falls. Put on yourself first, right? It, because if you don't have it, you can't help anybody with you. Yeah. And the same thing is true with this. If, you're, if your fumes, if your energy is on fumes and you have nothing to give, you're not going to be good to anybody. And mm-hmm. so figuring out, I'm a big believer in morning routines. And it's something we work with, with, with the dads that I work with, is establishing wh- whatever amount of time works for that individual, mm-hmm. starting the day by depositing in your own bank account of health and wellness. Mm-hmm. And, and it's some aspect that's going to ground you, like with the work that you do. Um, and it, it, to me, it doesn't even really necessarily matter what it is, you know, f- I love the practices of meditation and breath work and movements, like whether it's uh, yoga or some people like to do a little more intense workouts in the morning. And it doesn't have to be a big deposit. It just has to be like, it's kind of like what we're talking about with the kids. It's an intentional deposit. It's yeah, like, yeah. I'm here and I'm doing this, even if it's, I, you know, I call it microdosing. Right. It's like it doesn't have to be an hour or two hours devoted to it. It's like do it in a small amount, but Mm. do it and do it with consistency because it's like compounding interest. Right. And you you plant the seeds at the beginning of the day to feel that those roots going down into the earth that are saying, okay, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to be like a palm tree today, right? It's yeah. like, and those are big time here. It's like, I'm going to bend with it. I'm not going to break and yeah. because I, my roots go deep into the earth. And I've done that work for me to kind of fill that cup a little bit. And then when you come from that space, it's like, you know, it's like you make it your bay before all else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I go to an extreme. We were talking before we got on here. It's about that. Like I, it's so important to me that I will get up uh, most days between three thirty a.m. and four thirty a.m. before my partner Liz wakes up and before Sky wakes up and before I have to do whatever the duties of the day are. For those reasons I just described, yeah. and even if it means that for me personally, I don't get as much sleep. Yeah, I'm still going to do it. Because yeah. I know that it's going to be a vibration that's good. It's the old saying that a rising tide lifts all boats, mm. right? And if your energy is rising and it's, it's, it's simultaneous, right? It's rooted down and it's rising up and you're that balanced energy, yeah. all boats are going to rise with you, man. Yeah. That's such a big one. Like it is. It's like there's just something so special about that morning time. Like when you know that you're the only one up, you have that silence and you're able to do the things to really nourish your soul. Like it's just, it just is such a beautiful way to start the day. Whereas like when you wake up at the same time, like with the kids and stuff like that, I might wake up to like a foot in the face and someone screaming, like straight away, your nervous system is just on. And then you 100%. just see your whole day, you're just on that like shaky edge until you carve out some time or whatever to try to help regulate yourself and bring yourself down. So yeah, like I really see the power of having developing some sort of morning routine, like be it like however long, however that looks for you. Um, and being yeah. able to figure out how that works. Like because I know for yeah. myself, this was something that I had a lot of resistance with. Whereas before I had kids, like morning routines were easy. Whereas then as soon as kids come on, like I was trying to do the same routine when I was like, this doesn't work. So it was like going through, figuring out what actually works and what it is that I need. And now yeah. like the, now it's more flexible with what it is, but I know it's like 
by having just time and space to myself but then throughout the day I've got bigger chunks that I do throughout the day as well because I find that's just what works well with my schedule but yeah so much of it is like having intentional practices that just helps fill our cup up and keeps ourselves nourished within that way is so so important yeah and you, you said something else that really struck a chord with me and it's, it's I felt the exact same thing when you when you're on your own it's easy to micromanage every aspect of your day you know and mm. it's it's this is goes back to the adaptability factor yeah. it's as we you know personally as I've aged and I'm now at 50 it's what I feel I need is so different than what I thought I needed when I was younger you know to to thrive and to be feeling full and and available to whatever the day was it's 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 exactly what you said it's saying you know what some days it may not happen in the morning as much mm -hmm. as that's going to be the goal you know what that's life too your kid's gonna wake up when you're like what are you doing up right now at 4 a.m <laughs> <laughs> like wait a second I, this was my time and it's like but to me the, what, what i love that it's happened for myself is I pause, right? My ego wants to be like, no, you've just interrupted me time. And this is not what I had envisioned, right? And I want to go like, go back, go back to bed, go back to bed. But then I've, I've learned to breathe, right? To yeah. pause so that I'm not in that reactive fight or flight space. Mm. And I say, this is my meditation today. My meditation is mm. being with my son, right? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a different form of meditation it's 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 being present now and life is calling me to to do those things actively mm. right and that's the real trick is like eventually to take these things that we do sitting on our ground by our own on yeah. our own and say let's use it, it the whole life becomes that then it's a mm. moving meditation it's like you can see that as as valuable right yeah. your willingness to just pause put your ego back put the nervous system moving it from fight or flight to more of that rest and digest mm. and open your heart and go, life is giving you this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's on a platter, baby. And you're looking at it from like, you're not looking with rose colored glasses, right? You're looking at like, whoa, this is not what it's supposed to look like. Mm. And we do that with everything. It goes back to the idea of expectations. Yeah. It's saying, oh, this is it yeah. right here. This is your spiritual work. Yeah. To be present with this beautiful little being who's just going like, Dad, I, I want to play at four in the morning. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and it, don't get me wrong, when you know the first month or two, you know, and you're not on any sleep whatsoever. It's it's harder, but you yeah. learn as as we mm -hmm. are, and you have with two now moving toward a third. It's like you can adapt, man. Mm. And that's a big thing as well. Like as the girls get older as well, it's like using opportunities like you just described as a learning experience for them. And like that's something that's like uh, often happens here where like you'd be in like middle of my breath work or my meditation and like one of the girls would come in and instead of, as you said, doing that, I was just like, invite them in. It's like, do you want to come and sit with me? And like, it's one of the things that we try to intentionally bring in as much as possible is like invite them into that space like whenever COVID happened, um, first of first time over here in Perth, like it was, we absolutely loved it because it just stripped everything away from our external. So we just mm. really had this beautiful sacred container within our household. And like, so we started holding like morning circles where we all come together as a family and light some candles, do some cards, do whatever, like, and like in doing all of this. And at the start, like, There'd be times where the girls would be like all into it, and other times the girls just be like running around the place. And instead <laughs> of getting like frustrated with that, we were like, 
we would just say, like, this is for us. It's like, so let, if they don't want to do that, we can't force them, but we just need to sit here and do it for us so we can connect in with ourselves within that mm-hmm. and then let them go around. And then they would sometimes come back and sit in with it as well. I like, can be able to just kind of, again, take the ego out of it and just working that into an experience and a learning experience for them. You see how that ripples onto so many other little things for themselves. Like it's, you can see like we're constantly using these different tools that we use in ourselves to help teach them. So like, that's absolutely, yeah, that is absolutely beautiful. I mm-hmm. love that you guys did that practice. I mean, that's fantastic. Um, because even them sitting in, like you said, when you're in that grounded space and doing that work, you know, we're all in each other's heart space, mm-hmm. right? And they're feeling that love coming from you. And, um, it's a, it's a tremendously, uh, integrated space and mm. it's 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 one of those you know things that uh, that we, we feel this this level of separation right you're a physical body i'm physical body but we know now that that heart space mm. and that electromagnetic current shoots out 30 to 60 feet you know yeah. beyond the physical body and so when they come into your field like that it's just like oh my god you're showering them with so much love mm. um and then your willingness right, to allow them to be the energy that they are, right, which is sometimes very present in that. And sometimes yeah. it's like, I'm not interested at all. Yeah. That's, a, that's a tremendous lesson you're giving them that you're not forcing them, which yeah. it would be an errant in my mind, way of, of going about it. Like, so no, you have to sit down, because that's probably the surest way to get them to not want to do yeah. it, right? Yeah. And too often, that's what people try to do. They're like, no, yeah. this must happen. Like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. So that's beautiful, man. I really love hearing that. And then, as you said, like it's a start, like that's where it comes back to, like it's a lesson for them, but it's also more of a lesson for us. So, learning how to surrender to what it is as well. And like that can be the hardest one that can, that we can work with. But as we do, it's just, yeah, it gets easier and easier. Yeah, it does. Mm. Yeah. You guys are doing some really beautiful work with them. Thank you, man. Um, yeah. So yeah, just, just going through, um, there's a few other bits that I want to kind of bring up with it. So looking at your four pillars of conscious dad, I guess we've, we've kind of talked into a lot of them already throughout yeah. the conversation, but I'd love to just kind of like go through them in a little bit more, like for guys to be able to see a little bit more of the specifics. So like they're like, what does it lead with love? Recognize your children as a teacher, uh, be growth centric and make fatherhood sacred. So if you want to just kind of like, do a little ream off of each of them and why you feel like they're so important. Like, I know like, we've delved into a lot of this already, but yeah. Yeah. Really cool. No, absolutely. And the first one lead with love is, uh, yeah, you'd love it to be essentially self-explanatory, mm. but sometimes it's not. I believe our essence is love. Yeah. And um, for so many men, for so many fathers, um, we've, we've kind of closed off in particular through the heart center and hardened up. And it's the, the overarching patriarchal vision is kind of like, I am the king and you are subservient to me. And it's a dominance type mentality, whether we're aware of it or not, it's, it's yeah. in the subconscious. And so it's trying to get men out of autopilot, right? And get them out of the head and get them into the heart and recognizing that not only is my essence as a father love, but my child's essence is love. And so my default, my default when I deal with my child is not my ego needing some kind of gratification and saying, I will show you. It's saying, no, my, my default is love. 
that I will allow myself to step back, pause, take a breath, like we've talked about Mm. and see where this goes. Like what's the energy necessary in this moment? And sometimes it's going to be a strong energy that's necessary, a firm energy. And sometimes it's going to be a very soft, nurturing love, right? That's, that's there, but it's guided by that love. Mm. So that's, that's kind of the, the first pillar. Um, And then the idea of the, the child being the teacher is like I, we've been talking about. It's it's stepping away from, um, as I said, this is my mini me and I know what's right for you because I've done it when most of us don't know what the heck we're doing <laughs> anyway. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, and, and we, and too many parents, I believe, want to say, I want, if, if I like the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're going to like the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are that kind of family. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and, and there's something to be said for that. But at the same time, I think it's kind of saying like, hey, I like the Steelers. You like the Cowboys? That's kind of cool. It's like letting the kid do their own thing, right? Mm-hmm. In, in terms of who, how they are going to express life is wonderfully unique. Yeah. And it's, it's just creating space for them to be able to shine their light the way that they're going to shine it. We give them basic parameters about what Mm. it means to be a good human being without question. And, you know, ideas of like kindness and love and empathy, but it's saying, you know what, your interests are your interests and your way of expressing your light is your way of expressing your light on this planet. And I'm going to honor that process. Mm. And in the process, like we've talked about, I am going to learn a lot about myself and where I'm going to bump up those against those parts of me that probably need to be softened, right? I, I, for myself, it's like saying, you know, one of my great intentions within my own life is to soften some of the angularity, like we talked about where, where those boxes are, Mm -hmm. that it has to be. And it's saying, that's what's happening with our kids is saying, there is no box. You know, it's like, here they are, allow them to express and see, as you said so beautifully, the reflection and what when I bump up against it or want to tell them exactly as it should be, mm. allow them to kind of express what it is they're trying to do or why. Yeah. Give them a voice. Give them a voice, right? To be that. So yeah. um, we can learn so much for these little beings. It's it's like I think they're the all. I think they're as as closely attached to spirit as we we will ever be on this planet. And it's all one of my spiritual teachers once said. It's all spiritual growth and development is essentially letting go, right? Mm. Is is pulling back the accumulation of crap, if you will, or belief systems, which have told you you're not this or you're not that. And it's kind of just, once again, a recognition of all that you really are, right? And and return to your essence, which essentially is what happens when these little beings come onto this planet. It's like, it's so pure and beautiful. And they have so much wisdom for us. It's like, wake up, you know, wake up. Um, it's a funny story, but I, I wrote about it recently on a little Instagram. Um, we had dinner the other night and my son is approaching three tomorrow. He'll be three years old. But, you know, we had a, a somewhat balanced meal. There it was some, some uh, grilled chicken, had some rice on his plate, had some cucumber, a little avocado, but he wanted strawberries. And this just speaks to, you know, their wisdom and everything and, and their playfulness and their cleverness. But I was like, listen, Sky, you know, if uh, I would love to get you strawberries, but before that happens, you know, I'd like you to have one of something on your plate. And he's like, he looked at me, kind of looked around, and then he, he ate one grain of rice. 
he ate one grain of rice. And then he, he looked at because I said one, you know, he, he, he said one and he looked at me and he smiled. And he, cause he knew what he had done and he was like a clever and he outsmarted me on some level. And I just looked at him and we laughed and I, you know, of course I gave him the strawberry cause I was like, holy crud. You know, yeah. it was, it was beautiful just to witness him coming into his own sense of <laughs> I'm going to one up here dad. But also yeah. at the same time, it gave me an opportunity to look at life and go, it, it's, it's a lesson there too, because mm. we often, we, we have in our mind what we, we think we want, but we don't actually speak it. Fully. We don't mm. specify what it is. I was very general, right? I thought yeah. I was being specific, but I said, yeah, you want something, but I wasn't specific. And I, yes, I'm talking about a meal, but I'm talking about pretty much every area yeah. of our life, right? Yeah. If we really want to start growing and, and evolving, this will speak to the third one in a moment, um, and continue to evolve as a being, then we have to allow ourselves to to recognize that the more clearly we can define what we want, mm. the more likely it's going to manifest because it's kind of a yes universe. It's going to give you what you want or what you don't want. And so it, in a sense, when, when, when I'm speaking something into space, if I speak generally, it's going to give me general, right? And mm. if I speak more specifically about what it is, there's a greater likelihood that type of situation will, will follow in, in whatever I see. Because uh, it's all vibration. It's all yeah. energy. And so he was basically saying, you know, in his cute little way, in that little moment, saying, hey, you said this. Here's what you yeah. got, man. And so he's the universe writ small. It's the microcosm and the macrocosm. And, and I had an aha moment. I was like, holy crap, you are yeah. my teacher. And I, you know, I thank mm. you for that. <laughs> I love that story. It's so good. Yeah, man. So, you know, so that and that just speaks into the to the third one to me, which is the idea that, you know, ideally we're we're trying to be growth centric and mm. it's kind of looking at those those two mindsets which are popular right now one is the idea of the fixed mindset and the other is the growth mindset and a fixed is like this is who i am this is my personality this is how i was raised this is how i'm going to be until the day i die yeah and and then there's the opposite which is saying no I'm ever evolving, constantly expanding, and I'm mirroring the universe. Because as we know it now, based on science, this is an ever expanding universe and it's progressive in nature. Mm -hmm. And if we are standing still in who we are and saying, this is it, you're actually going backwards yeah, because yeah. this is progressing. And when we stay open and available to this, this growth and evolution, we are mirroring the wisdom of the universe. Mm -hmm. And the universe wants to just shower us with, with the love and the beauty and the peace and the joy. We just got to get on board and get on the train. And so the more we can open up to this growth mindset that's saying, I, I'm ever evolving, especially as it relates to the way I father and the way I parent and the way that I try to connect with my child. I firmly believe the relationship with the child is going to, just like that, uh, blossom. It's going to mm. blossom like a flower and it's yeah. going to, the child is going to come to you. They'll be drawn to you, right? Rather than you'll, you'll be somebody, it's like a tractor beam where they'll want to be in your presence as, and there are going to be times where my son's going to be like, dad, you're out. You know, <laughs> that's, that, that's for sure. I already know that he's already doing that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you'll have a relationship that is perhaps beyond your imagination where there's a safety, right? Yeah. Where they actually feel safe in your presence. And, and, and then in that sense, you are modeling for them a way of being, 
right? Where if they see you ever evolving and growing and trying, making mistakes, sometimes apologizing for them when necessary and then getting back up and like mm. trying to be better, trying to, to come to the table with, with more of whatever it is you're hoping to be, that shows them this, yeah. that this is a way to be on this planet. Um, sure. And then so the last one is, is you know, making fatherhood sacred. It, to me, it's like, it's the most important role, I believe, or job, if you will. I, I don't even like to call it, but it's the most important role we will ever have yeah. as, as men on this planet because we're ushering the future. We're, we're stewarding mm. the future of this planet. And so to me, um, when I say make it sacred, it's like there's a reverence for it. It's, it's, it's a privilege. And it's not just another thing that we do while we're on this planet. It is, it's the ultimate. It's, yeah. it's truly the ultimate role you will ever play. Um, and so whatever a person's spiritual practice, I'm not going to tell somebody what to believe about life itself and what a lot of people refer to as God, but I firmly believe in developing some sort of spiritual connection mm-hmm. with, with whatever it is that yeah. you believe is, is bringing this all to the table saying, here's life, yeah. here's life. And I'd love you to flourish in it, right? And it, what a great gift it is because as, as human beings, we are the only life form that we know at this time that has been, we, there's, there are many life forms that have consciousness, but we are the only ones that we know of that have reflective consciousness. And that's the ability to think about what we think about. Mm-hmm. And so what a gift that is. It's like, yeah. you, because if, if, if we're on autopilot in this life, there's fate, Right. But if you start to go, holy smokes, right, I actually get to think about what I'm thinking about. So in this moment, I can adjust my thoughts. I can adjust the words I speak. I can adjust then how I act and get them in alignment. Then I shape my destiny. Right. And that that's fate and destiny are totally different things. But I believe that ability to, to actually move in the direction of your destiny, it begins with some form of, of spiritual connection. And that also ties into the idea of making it sacred. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. That's beautiful, man. Like, I love it so much. And just, yeah, like, I think it's such such potency in each of them pillars. But, like, you can see how each of them, like, just feeds the other so well. And, like, as we're able to strip back our own layers and get out of our way and connect into them more and more, you can see where that's going to lead and create such more of an enriching dynamic with like that father child bond and like how that's going to have that ripple effect out into like the collective as well so it's yeah it's awesome to see man i appreciate yeah oh of course my goodness it's like uh these are the kind of conversations i just love because they fill me up i can literally you know feel my heart (laughs) when when i'm talking to you right now and it's that that just it 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 fills my cup endlessly to to sit in the same space even though it's virtually with somebody who's uh on a very similar page and Mm. recognizes the gift the gift that it is not only to be alive um in the in the divine in that but to see the gift that it is to be present to our children and see the divine in them and just go, Oh my God, you know, this is something so awesome, man. Yeah. And that's it. Like, and the more fathers like are able to 
connect in with this and see this and being able to have that their mind open in this way and bring that into like the relationships with the kids like it's like I love how you're talking it's like we are the stewards of the future so it is like by kids being allowed to see this way and be held in this path that just brings so much excitement because there is there's a fuckload of fear out there of like what like you see like the other side of it like where everyone is so numbed out everyone is so unconditioned like there's so much other of a big stretch and it nearly feels like there's like are we in a bubble of people who are living this way and everyone else is outside of it or is like two ones going further away from each other nearly yeah it's interesting. yeah that's it that's the that's it we are we're we're at the polarities right mm. there's there's a great deal of extreme in in our planet and and both sides are pointing at the other ultimately saying, I know better than you, right? And it's like, typically in my experience on the planet, there's always gray, right? It's like, there's dealing, there are people still dealing in the black and white mentalities. Mm. And, and there's so much gray in this lifetime. And, yeah. and learning to, the great art of trying to learn to, to speak apples to apples, right? And not try to talk apples to oranges. And, and it's because when you're trying to ram something down someone's throat and get them to understand, like we already talked about earlier, it's the surest way to get them to shut off and say, yeah. no way. Yeah. But if you could somehow say, wait, I want to understand. I want to understand you. And I want to come to the table with a level of compassion, with a level of mm -hmm. empathy, with a level of, of, of heart that is saying, we're in this together. You know, we may not look at it exactly the same and we may be way off right now, but I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to just hear, you know, mm. and, and create a space for you to share with me your ideas. And perhaps I could share with you my ideas. Yeah. That's, a, that's an amazing gift we give as adults. And if we can somehow, you know, be that model for our children, Holy smokes, you know, anything is possible. And that's what I, I believe about life at the end of the day. I mean, it's like we're on a magic carpet ride and, you know, we can, we can move as a society, as a civilization in a very speedy way towards our, our dissolution, you know, yeah. or we can, we can have this kind of conversation more frequently, mm. not only with other men, but with, with our children in the ways that we can, that in the language that they'll understand and we can turn this thing around, man, for our, for our planet and for people. And, and, and I will always believe in, in the goodness of one life itself, two human beings. It's like, no matter what at, mm. at a person's essence, a person's essence is love is, is purity is goodness and it gets clouded over, but we yeah. come onto this planet, you know, as these light beings, beautiful and, and available to, to connection. Right. Yeah. And that's why this is such an interesting time, because it's we're being asked to to step back from connection. Right. And it's it's a challenge for most people. So yeah. um, even this, you know, it, this form of connection is better than nothing. Yeah. But I still also believe in being in proximity, no, you know, in ways sure. that are, are safe and healthy and all that stuff. We just. It's, I, I was thinking about it the other day when I was leading a, a fitness class. I was like the song that popped into my head is is uh the, i believe the actual words were love the one you're with but it's i was saying love the ones you're with because right now there are so many of us are longing mm. to be with people we can't be with right our yeah. family members like i can't go see my parents right now for a variety of reasons and I, I have this yearning to be with them but what i have right in front of me is my family 
and I need to love the ones I'm with. And it's like my partner and I are, are making a, a practice every day to, to hold each other, like just hold each other in a hug mm. that is like three long breaths and a breath being an inhale and an exhale and to connect heart to heart, feel the belly rise and to fall, but just the physical touch. Right. Yeah. And, and to, cause we can, we can have those longings to be with other people. And yet we forget the people who are right here with us, whether it's our partner, whether it's our child and just letting them know how, how much we love them, yeah. not only through our words, but through our, our physical touch, I believe is, is essential right now. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Ah, oh, man, this conversation could go on all day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> There's yeah, so yeah, many good. different areas. Yeah. Um, just being mindful of time and everything with it so I can know I can just absolutely love what you're about and I can just see there's so much similarities with like our philosophies and beliefs with like it just it just lights me up so much yeah. but I'd love to kind of like round the conversation up with just asking is like what is the biggest take-homes that you could give to anyone that's listening to this what is like if you could do like one or two specific practices for self or if within the family dynamic what would you recommend would be the best take-homes that people can like really just action easily yeah i would say um i, I started with this it was the idea of come to the breath and what I mean by that is, is what I just did right there. It's, it, there's an impulse that we all have to immediately kind of come right back to whatever is energy there. Um, and I, I have learned in my own process that kind of like just doing what I just did right there, taking a nice deep inhale, taking a deep exhale and creating a little space to be able to meet whatever is there with, with what is needed in the moment. Mm. And so it's, I think that is, is very important in our relationship with our families, right? Whether yeah. it's our significant other or our child is to just pause so that we can have that, that moment that goes, what is necessary now? Not, not what do I think is, is here with my ego, but what is, what is most important in this moment? Is it, you know, is it, you need me to hug you? Is it, you need me to share my opinion? Is it, you know, but be open. And that comes through creating a little bit of a gap because it's the old saying, it's, it's the silence between the notes where the music is made. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's really that. So it's like an actionable thing in each and any moment, especially whenever there's, if there's any tension that you're feeling, not only with yourself, but with another being is to pause, right. Mm -hmm. And, and take a breath. And if it's necessary, take a few breaths and then come to the table and say, okay, wh where are we right now? What can I do? Um, and then there are obviously very specific breathing practices that one could do regularly mm -hmm. to ground themselves. And that's the kind of stuff that we, we help people with as well. And I'm sure you do with, with your guys. Um, and then as much as possible, I mean, yes, we need to think. Uh, we, we need to be, you know, able to deal with the demands of the day using, you know, the, the prefrontal cortex and our ability to, to be present. But at the same time, the more we can get out of our head and get into our heart, Mm -hmm. better off we're going to be as a species because uh, i think we've been in our head a long freaking time yeah. and you know so you know and, and to to most fathers and most men that might seem very nebulous but there are practices that you can do that can bring you 
to your heart. And that's the kind of stuff we try to, to, to share with, with fathers who are on this path of trying to just learn more and grow and evolve, but get out of our heads and get into our heart. And it comes back to the idea of lead with love, you know, yeah. lead with love, not an agenda. Like you said, not an expectation of what it's supposed to look like, but start here. Let's yeah. get out of this and, and get more into here. And, and I, I think anything's possible from that space. Yeah, absolutely beautiful, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, oh, such a good conversation. Um, so yeah, just to finish off, like I know, like um, I'll link in some different things in the show notes and stuff like that, like a little bit more about yourself and where to connect with you through your social media and your website and stuff. And I think you see you've got like um, um, some like meditate guided meditations and stuff like that yeah. that you can, yeah. people can check in for more resources with it. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else that you want to kind of share with, with the audience um, about what you do or where to find you or any programs well, or anything coming up? Uh, coming up, we're gonna, I'm going to be throwing out some, some coaching programs um, that you know, I'm excited about, Conscious Fathering. You know, more details will be coming up on the website. So as that is uh, made available, you know, just going to the website at this point will be the best thing because mm. the latest updates will be there. So, you know, that's the consciousdads.com, which I know it will be there with the show notes. Um, and like I said, it's, it's ever evolving, you know, and there are some things that are already in place that they can find on the website, some tools that they can use to start grounding, like all the work yeah. that you're doing, yeah. um, whether it's meditation, whether it's breath work or all the other practices that are out there, there are some that are there available through the website. Yeah, beautiful man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, check it out. Make sure you follow Adam on Instagram as well. He's always putting out some wicked content on that. Um, and yeah, again, just from my heart to yours, thank you so much yeah. for a beautiful conversation. It's so good. And yeah, looking forward to having more. Yes, me too, man. Thank you so much for this time. It's been a, a true pleasure. Yeah, awesome, man. Big love. Yeah, likewise, my man. Have a great night. Yeah, thanks.